Kate Fennessy's writing her first novel. And Helen Brown's going to help her. Welcome to our podcast, Novel Therapy. How to make life your best creative project ever. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 13 of Novel Therapy. I'm Kate Fennessy, aspiring author and social media marketer. And I'm New York Times best-selling author Helen Brown. And 13 isn't an unlucky number. Exactly, it definitely isn't. And today we have our first guest of season two and our first male Man. guest, <laughs> Paul Bagheera. So welcome, Paul. I'm going to give you a quick little intro. Thank you. I feel like I'm under extra scrutiny of <laughs> being your first male guest. <laughs> yes, you represent all yeah, men. <laughs> Everywhere. Everything you say. Um, so Paul, I think, I was trying to think when I met you, but it was through business. Paul is a Mornington Peninsula local who I've met since I've been down there. We've actually worked together. Um, So Paul is a videographer by day. He's a writer. Um, You were the first person to actually introduce me to the Peninsula Writers Club. Yes, and I was one of the first people to harass you about uh, how deep you should be going with some of your topics in your Yeah, book. that's true. Because you, you were hiding from yeah. some of that stuff. And I'm like, that's really interesting. I was a stuff, level Kate. back from when I met you, Helen, and wow. I didn't want to talk to him. Yeah, I'm sorry. I told you that I was going to write an even more contained yeah. hidden story than yeah. I first did with you. Like, yeah, and you, that's right. Um, and also, Paul is a CFA volunteer. Yeah. And that's one of yeah. the reasons we Yeah, which is what we got you on. Yeah, yeah, because we spoke about that last week. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Um, and yeah, what, what we thought we'd do before we dive into sort of talking with Paul is we, we usually do our checkup. So that's just literally like, what have you been doing? So do you want to go first, Helen? What have you been up to this week? I was waiting for someone (laughs) else. Sorry. Um, well, look, I was going to have a week of steady writing last week. I went down to Phillip Island, but I ended up, Lydia came and we had my daughter. We had a wonderful time doing stuff for her and also my Revered yoga teacher Julie Wentworth mm. died, and yeah. I had to write a eulogy for ah. her. And you know, it's been, yeah. she was 87. Yeah. It's wonderful when you have an older person in your life to kind of guide you, and that's what she did for me. Yeah. And it, it was just wonderful, and it was an honour to write something mm. about that. Oh. Yeah. How did you approach writing a eulogy? Um, as poetry, really, and as a thank you. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Not only on my behalf, but on behalf of all the yogis, the women that she taught yoga yeah. to. Because honestly, she I remember lying on the mat. She would inspire me and say, you can do it, you can do it. And I remember lying on the floor with this book Cleo in my head thinking, I can do it, I can do it, because <gasps> Julie thinks I can do it. Oh, there you go. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's so important to have one person who believes in you, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if it's because we crave our mothers yeah, through our yeah, lives. We want these, yeah. but, but so often your real mother, you're too busy rebelling against. Yeah. So, you know, oh, someone that's else. Lovely. So, yeah. So yes, that's it's nice. sad, but it's also okay, you know. Yeah, it's, it's life. It is life. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Some deaths lovely. are okay. Um, so I'm trying to think, I've had a bit of a crazy week too, a bit, same thing, a bit off schedule. I've had family visitors, which has thrown things in a delightful way out of routine, which has been really nice. Um, but I had a cool, um, thing on the weekend, which was engagement drinks for a friend from my advertising days. So whenever I get to hang out with my advertising girlfriends, we just love, we just big each other up. There's a word I learned from my young millennial friend. It's gas. We gas each other up. So if you gas someone up, that means you just make them feel great. Like we just compliment each other and say, you're fabulous. No, you're fabulous. And it's so we had a good like gassing up session. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and the cool thing I wanted to quickly update you, Helen, in particular, and you'll 
get this to, Paul, is I, I got a good um, topping up of excellent, crazy stories from them about dysfunctional advertising workplaces. And in particular, a couple of my friends have dealt with a very toxic boss and hearing stories about this boss and her behaviour, I'm like, yes, I'm going to yeah. insert this into the workplace in my novel. Great. I think it's, it's, it's important to break routine. Yeah, a little bit. sometimes. A little bit. Sometimes. Every now and again. Yeah. You know, but when, when it gets to the point where you're sort of no longer, no longer following the routine, it's dysfunctional. But no. it can re- I find it, it refreshes you so much. And as you said, you, you, you yeah. get those stories and those mm-hmm. that input. Yeah. And also exactly. your subconscious does a lot of work. When mm. you think you're doing something else, actually this other part of yeah. you is processing That's things. true. So yeah. by going out and, you know, hitting the town essentially, I actually came back full of ideas for my novel, which is kind of right. doesn't but make Paul, sense. Paul, you haven't told us about your Week. Exactly, you Paul. Yes. You're a wonderful concoction to me because you're a writer who's a firefighter. Um, some of yeah. our, our overseas r- listeners mm. won't know what CFA is, but yeah. it's basically a voluntary. Fire. It is a well, and especially now with the change coming in legislation, as of July first, CFA will be a fully volunteer firefighting organisation. Wow. So we've got it's a, it's one of the biggest of its kind in the world. We have something like thirty or forty thousand. Members. Really? Yeah, it's in, look, in small country towns, it's a rite of passage. It's just the thing you do. You join the CFA because that's who's looking after the, the properties. Wow. Um, not that I'm from a small country town now, but um, yeah, we are mm. a unique organisation in that regard. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And why did you join them? I joined, I moved down to Rye uh, 11 years ago, and um, I think I knew one person in town. Did you? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was trying, and I, wa- I wanted to get back into doing some charity work because I'd previously done some charity work or community work, mm. and I thought it'd be a great way to get into the community. And I drove past the fire station, and it said volunteer fire brigade, and I literally went, I'm doing that. Ah. I mean, who doesn't who doesn't want to drive a I, fire truck? I know, <laughs> but I meet so many people. I say, don't. They say, "Oh, yeah, yeah, I'd like to volunteer. I'd like to be a fireman," but mm. they never do it. Especially male writers. I don't mean to sound yeah <laughs> judgmental, but most of the blokes I know who are writers wouldn't actually get out and put on that fire hat that you've brought in. And mm. well, it's 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 um you know you talk about where inspiration comes from. So the mm. first script that I wrote when I ended up realizing I couldn't avoid I couldn't avoid being a writer anymore and I had to start getting serious about it uh is a crime thriller pardon me crime thriller based on firefighters ah there you go so it's been a source of inspiration for writing yeah yeah and you know you talk about the things you see and experience I mean I've gotten to see and do things that you know in normal life you just wouldn't you wouldn't see you wouldn't experience um the training I've gotten has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's part of that stuff of uh, that living the life yeah. that you can so that it informs your work. Yeah, well, we've talked about that a lot. That's yeah. sort of yeah. part of what Helen taught me early on was like open your eyes, look around you, absorb, listen to conversations, witness life, be in it so that you've got richer experiences to draw from. I remember that episode. I was nodding along the whole time. <laughs> and there is that thing, if, if, yeah, opening yourself up to what's actually happening around you. Mm-hmm. And Tuning also, in. yeah, putting yourself into novel situations mm. at times, um, you know, where you can just sort of mm. find a new experience or feel something different. Or, yeah, it's been good. What's mm. the most memorable thing that's happened to you as a firefighter? Oh, there's actually been, there's been a lot. Um, some of it's been tragic. Um, I've certainly seen more death and mayhem in the last, you know, 10 years of doing this than I'd previously in my life. And interestingly, it's, it, when we do have to deal with fatalities, it's, um, it's a gift. It really is a gift. Um, you know, you feel obviously for the, for the, 
for the person, you feel for their family and friends, but you are given a very, very stark reminder that we have a finite amount of time and there's not a single person who, you know, I've had to pull out of a car that got into that car thinking, this is it, this is my last trip. So that reminder can be a real gift. But how about taking that home with you, those images? How do you cope with that? We have really good support. Um, I think CFA's really got on the front foot in terms of mental health and mental health support. Uh, It can affect people. We have access to services at all times. Uh, Whenever there's what we call a critical incident, generally by the time we get back to the station, there'll be peer critical incident support people there. Our brigade is pretty good. Actually, I think our brigade's very good at following up and checking in with people and seeing how they are. Mm. And who who is your brigade? So it's Rye Fire Brigade. Uh, There's about 30 of us in the brigade. Um, I'll just quickly tell um, international listeners. So Rye is a sort of, how many Ks from Melbourne would that be? Like about 100. 100 Ks. Yep. So we're talking on the Mornington Peninsula, mm. which is sort of a regional part at the bottom of Melbourne. Yeah, yeah a it's gorgeous It's my very part. technical <laughs> description. <laughs> yeah. It is a beautiful part of Melbourne. Yeah. It's a holiday destination as well as yeah. l- local people live there. Well, and that, that's the interesting thing about the town as well, is it is a very, very seasonal town. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we mm. about 8,000 people in the off-season. Yeah. 30,000 plus yeah. over summer. And that in itself has a real rhythm and feeling yes. to it. And you mm. sort of really a- appreciate mm. the, you know, the, the way The oncoming that wave of yeah, tourists. It's really so handy for a writer too. We Absolutely. have the same thing on yep. Thrill of Island. Mm. So this season, mm. was it noticeably worse for the work you were doing? This season is um, one of the worst we've ever seen. Mm. Uh, this is the new normal we're being. So, and, you know. We've known this has been coming for a long time. As long as I've been in the CFA for 11 years and mm. the entire time they've always talked about the effect climate change is going to have on our fire seasons. We've, yep. we've known about it. This particular season, we knew it was going to be this bad since April. Right. We were getting prepared for it mm. and warned and told. So, you know, when our dear leader chose to go to Hawaii, it was quite an interesting choice. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because this wasn't, this, this wasn't a surprise. No. Okay. And where were you personally fighting fires? Uh, I was a few different areas, all in East Gippsland. Mm. Um, we did have some uh, of our members ended up in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. And I was around Bruthen, Buchan, and then Marlow, those areas. And how do you go with the lack of sleep, though? It's very... Um, it's quite military in the way it's set up and organised. So when we get down there, they have... Uh, what are called staging grounds set up and the one at Swan Reach that we're based at I think they had accommodation like tents for I think, 250 300 firefighters so you're staying in tents yeah so it's like a little city you can't get good sleep in tents I think anyway can you <laughs> no um, we call them the chainsaws the snorers around you tend to <laughs> <laughs> that's so great what a great audio visual <laughs> yeah so if you've got so a chainsaw good. sleeping in the, in the tent next to you a chainsaw yeah the worst one I went to was uh, years ago. I was uh, firefighting up at um, was it New South Wales or South Australia? Because I've been, you know, sort of a few different places. And we, we were in a school gymnasium, and oh they had cots set up That's for hardcore. again a couple of hundred people in this gymnasium. But you can imagine the high ceilings, the echoing, and it got to the point where at three, four in the morning, these people just wandering around because you can't sleep because they're snoring, filming how loud some of those people. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. 
What a funny little thing that you wouldn't expect to be part of the experience, but it would be. Yeah, it's all, and, and it's that's again that's the the one of the amazing things about being in, a, in an organisation like CFA is that just the things you get to see and do, and not mm. just the, the actual firefighting side, but some of the uh, more mundane but fascinating yeah. things like, well, how does the staging ground work? How do you accommodate and feed 250, yeah. 300 people? Yeah, so there it is, military. What about mm. fear, though? What's your greatest fear? With the firefighting? Mm. Um, I mean, that's a really good question. You don't... You don't... You, 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 we're trained and we're well-equipped. But you do actually have to have um, a healthy respect, and that includes having some fear of the fire itself. Mm. I don't think I'd want to be on a crew with people who are fearless about the fire because... Yeah that's reckless and you're going to end up in a bad situation. So we're, it's a really highly safety focused organization. Um, although this year, tragically, we, we lost a number of firefighters yeah. this season, which was awful. Yeah. I guess that, you know, the, the tree coming down, uh, getting trapped, those are the things that you, yeah, mm. you, you're very conscious of the whole time. But you're sort of always, I guess, on the lookout and preparing and being cautious not to put yourselves in those Absolutely. situations. Absolutely. And, and every year we do uh, we do what's called kill a tree training where you, you learn to assess. To look out for. Yeah, and, and mm. how to deal with it. Uh, it's one of the biggest hazards we have. Like one of those uh, two of the mm. incidents that killed firefighters this year were, were tree-related. Mm. Yeah. So how did you go? Obviously this summer was so awful for so many Australians and I know so we're in a little group of uh, I guess business friends there's four of us who try and catch up semi-regularly we've been a bit hopeless but we try to we were trying to catch up with Paul from about December and you kept saying I can't because he needed to be on call and we still haven't we will we'll get there um but what was that like for you to sort of put on hold everything over the Christmas January period knowing you couldn't really commit to social things work it's you get yeah, it was a little bit weird because, and again, these fires are so big, you knew full well that you'd be going off and doing a deployment and there were going to be many, many more, more deployments to come. I think the Tambo complex fire was declared contained last Thursday. Wow. So that's, you know, three months that one was going for. Wow. New South Wales was contained a week or so ago. That's four months. Um, so it, you just accept that's part of the gig. And we're all heaving a sigh of relief because there's been some rain. So people think, oh, yeah, fires, that's so yesterday. Mm, but, but it's, it's not. not, is it? We're at the start of our normal season now. What? This is when we normally start. to. So, you know, last year we had the big bunyip fires in March. So that's insane. So it could all still be ahead. Absolutely, yeah, easily. So what can we do? What can ordinary people who aren't brave enough to go and put on that yellow hat that you've got <laughs> down here. <laughs> yeah. It what looks it do? looks intimidating. Apart, can, do we pressure our politicians to... Yeah, I think we, we pressure our politicians to, in my personal view, um, and, you know, use the scientific consensus to pressure them about climate change. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's the main one. Mm-hmm. I think from a practical, you know, recovery point of view, take the car... Go to East Gippsland for the weekend. Spend money with the locals. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff is really, really important. Yeah. They, they, you know, they, some of their biggest income earning time was normally January. Yeah, and they lost it. They lost it mm. all. And we had the um, mm. the first day I was heading up to one of the first days heading up to uh, Bruthen was when they did the mass evacuation notice uh, in East Gippsland. Mm. And the carav- when we got there, you know, the local caravan park on day one was. Chocker block full. The next day, there was one caravan left. Oh, that's everyone just, heartbreaking. Just, yeah, yeah, I mean, for a business, I mean, that's terrible for businesses. And fortunately, we got we've 
got very good at that. So I think we would have had many, many more casualties years ago if we'd had these fires. Mm. Uh, people did pay attention, but yeah, those businesses are suffering. Mm. So that's mm. a really okay. practical thing. Okay. We can trip yeah. into the and country. Beautiful, beautiful Girls area. Trip, yeah. keeps saying it's a yeah. beautiful yeah. area. Yeah. Mm. And of course, I heard, is it a billion animals? Yeah. That's Horrific. unbelievable yeah. to think how many animals I know. I found the animal stories really hard to, I couldn't cope with it. I know human life loss is just horrific, but I, just for some reason that really upsets me thinking about that. Did you see a lot of evidence of that? Or? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you do. And it's not great. No. But, um, Does that come back in dreams and stuff? That would freak me out. Well, you know, going back to earlier when we say sort of what, what the fears are and, mm. and how things can impact you, um, mm. you don't know when PTSD is going to affect mm. you. And I've heard it, and it's described where they say you can treat it like a, a, a bucket with a drip going in, and those drips are the different jobs and the different things you see, mm. and you don't know at what point that bucket's full. And it could be something quite innocuous that suddenly causes the overflow. Okay. I had one incident where we had a, uh, a house fire and we lost a father and his daughter. And a couple of days later, I was due to give a business talk, and I, I was a babbling mess. When was this, Paul? Oh, it would have been five, six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that one was the one that affected me. Okay. So I straight away uh, went and spoke to people, got help, worked through it, and, and fine. Do you yeah. feel it's through your system now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Could it happen again? Absolutely. Yeah, easily, depending on what mm, we're going to And because that new data is kind of coming in all the time, yeah. so you've got to make sure you're on top of it. The biggest thing is to go, you know, we're seeing abnormal things. So if you have a strong reaction or an abnormal reaction, that's a normal response exactly. to an abnormal situation. You go, mm. okay, this is it's okay to have this response. This mm. is healthy. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm actually no, responding to... a human being. Yeah to, yeah, to something that's quite, you know, can be quite traumatic. Mm. And we talked about just before, like how it's impacted your writing. Like, I just want to make that link and for our um, listeners to know as well that you're actively writing film scripts yes. at the moment. So, yeah, how other way, what other ways has your experiences at the CFA connected to your writing? I think it's, um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good question. It's, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. Have you hit it? He's on the hot seat. Yeah, no, look, there's, there's, obviously there's the, there's the direct stuff where I've used it for characters and for storyline, okay. etc. Yeah. Uh, but I, again, I think just that the novelty of some of the things I've seen and done and the experience of that and then watching my own emotional responses to that and mm-hmm. sort of gauging. Uh, mm. I mean, it's, it's, writers were terrible people. We just mind everything. It's like I said to you. I know. When I rang you after the cat passed away. I know. Tell the truth. Tell me you weren't watching this. Some part of your brain was watching this going, I'm going to use this. Absolutely. <laughs> but what a brilliant scene already. These firefighters lying in the school hall snoring. Yeah. I know. Like and that. an outsider wouldn't yeah. know no, about wouldn't that. That's, yeah. That's a, it's, it's those unusual things. that you know, And that can, turn, that can turn up in anything in your writing. Exactly. It may not be a direct correlation, but it'll, it'll mm. make you think of something. It could be an evacuation centre. Yeah. It could it'll, be It'll anything. give you something interesting that you go, oh, that's a unique kind of real thing that people won't yeah. have seen before. I was listening to a podcast the other day about people that were stuck on this ship because of coronavirus. So they had to spend two weeks on a ship, on a cruise, and they were just talking about the meal and the routine and they mm. got two hours of fresh air and they had to have extend the internet. And mm. you think, wow, again, it's those little... It's an excellent setting for a novel because you've got a contained area, yep. you know. Yes. Jane Austen would have loved a ship. Stranded with coronavirus because yeah. you've got these characters all yeah. on top of each other. Yeah. So Can't true. get away from it. Yeah. It's just like an English village, yeah. but worse, which 
It's even better for a writer, isn't it? Terrible. It's yes. so true. And and do you thinking in that way as well? Like, are these people that you've become lifelong friends with, or are they different all the time? Like, are you really close to the people you're in the CFA with? Yeah, I'm very very close, obviously, to uh, the people in my own brigade. Yeah, and, and it's that again, that sort of semi-military thing of you know you go into combat together or you go into a firefight together Mm. uh it brings you very close because you (laughs) you want to really see who someone is see them under pressure okay it it gets character gets revealed immediately Mm. in these situations Mm. Uh, and because we're relying on each other and you are relying on that person to keep you safe and they're relying on you to keep them safe so you get you get a strong bond Mm. with your crews the strike teams you know when when they gather you know hundreds of us from all over the place Mm. it's interesting because you know you'll end up i was crew leading on a truck where there was no one from my brigade and so you have to very quickly build a rapport and build that 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 group into a unit that's going to work together uh, for the duration of the deployment and then you break apart again and you see each other all the time at different deployments and things so you do you do get some good friendships out of it Mm. are they they mostly blokes how many women it's historically predominantly male Mm. there are heaps more women getting involved we've got um two terrific young women in our brigade at the moment we've got three three four operational firefighters that are a female in our brigade great. um two young women who joined up recently who are excellent and it's great because it's a it's a healthier we don't want it to be all male because that's not mm-hmm. a reflection of what the community is yeah and it's just not a healthy dynamic mm-hmm. so it's uh, been too really many good yeah too many chains. <laughs> but you see you know, a lot of women getting involved Oh, a lot of great. young women getting involved in CFA, that's which is fantastic. fantastic. That's yeah. cool. That's like how young women play AFL and young women just doing all these things it's now great. that they didn't used to. It's yeah, it's awesome. really good. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just considered, you know, we're just a firefighter. We're yeah. all just firefighters. Now, I, cool. know, I brought these, what do you call them, these masks? We call them P2 masks. P2 masks, yeah. yeah. Because I was, you know, I tried, when we had all the smoke in Melbourne, mm. I tried one, I found it really claustrophobic yeah and i wonder how you feel we're wearing this well what, can you put that on yeah, I, I can, <laughs> if you're fine. if you're watching this on actually YouTube, it's not there paul right. has got a normally i have one of those helmet. um oh, thank you. one of those masks normally sits inside the helmet oh, really? here really yeah that's where you keep your spare mask wow I, yeah. but of this quality this is just from the they're the ones we use yep. really they're the oh, ones we use they're the official ones so i'll just describe it for our audio listeners this is a big yellow cfa helmet with like a visor yeah so what these are we have yeah. two types of. I feel silly sitting here. <laughs> it's <laughs> pretty wonderful. funny. We have we have two types it of says helmets. Lieutenant on yeah, the side. We, we have one helmet that's for uh, bushfire fighting. Okay. And this kind of helmet, which is a structural helmet. So this is the one you put on when you go inside the buildings to protect oh. you from yeah. falling. And the oh. reason the reason I had this in the car is because they've actually just upgraded these. So I've got a brand new one back at the station that okay. looks very transformers and high tech. Really. This is the old one. Yeah. Yeah. But it still still works. It's handsome. It's got a flap on the back. My mother used to sew flaps on the back of our hats to stop us getting polio. Yeah. But I think really? this... Yes. Yes, because you only got polio from the sun beating down on your neck. But I suspect really? the flap on the back of your... Embers. It was a furphy. Embers. 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 Particularly, in, bu- particularly in bushfire fighting. It's, it's protecting neck from embers. Because when you're in a, a full-on ember attack, it's not like nice little pockets of you know little red lights flying around it's wind driven and it's really full so on. they can and hit you and just burn anything that's exposed will get burnt so you get very hot yeah how yeah. do you manage that water intake or? you see you stay really well hydrated mm. you try and keep a you know you're not an athlete but you keep a basic level of fitness so mm-hmm. you can cope with it mm-hmm. but the um 
couple of times where I've gone into buildings, I had a, a Fitbit on when I went in with the, you know, yeah. the gear. Mm-hmm. And then watching my heart rate <gasps> afterwards, you get spikes and it stays up really high for quite a long time. So when, when we come out of a building now, generally the ambulance is there and they're checking us. If we've had to put on the breathing Because you're under stress just by yeah. And your being, adrenaline yeah. levels. That would take yeah. a while to come down, yeah. your adrenaline. Yeah. Kate, you should just try this on. Because sure. if you're going to write about anyone okay. wearing these, I'd get through. How, well, it's because immediately I'm like, how do I do this? And it's weird. Yeah. Is so there that, a trick? Paul will show. You open right. oh, here we are. that up. Oh, my God. Which This one I've used, so I think it's this one. So, these are the, so again, for our audio it's, listeners, these are the masks that people were recommended to buy for, for smoke. smoke when the town, because sm- it was that bad. Yeah, when town. the smoke was so bad. So, we, we use these when we're, How do you um, do it? When we're bushfire fighting. Yep. Uh, these are the masks we use. Okay. You have them on. <laughs> and people are wearing them now for the coronavirus. Yep. coronavirus. And look, you just think, oh, they're wearing a mask. I'm but actually, they're, just, okay. they're really not pleasant. I don't know. I don't can even you know how to get it on. Hang on. This is hard. Oh my god, speak. it's tight. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. What? Because it goes under your nose. You kind of have to shout. Pull it open so it's right over okay. your face. I'm not very good at this. See, I would already be struggling because I can't no, get this. See, <laughs> now I feel hot yeah. and panicky. You're now infected. You've now got. You know what it's making me think of? I don't know how to do it. Here we go. Oh, there we go. Yeah. That's better. It's making me sort of stressed because it makes me think of like plain. Oh, there we go. So then yes. th- this normally oh, with this, go. I've oh. got mm. goggles, goggles, all your gear, well. your helmet. It's, it's very, it's very. You must yeah. have a I'm very good way of dealing with claustrophobia. You get used yeah. to it. Oh. Yeah. I can't, look at me, I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> My hair's everywhere. Well, that's like the, um, the, the okay, breathing apparatus, hard. you know. The, I don't the, like the, it. If you're yeah. writing about this time yeah. of Okay, that was good. It's a good thing to fit. Yeah. So we got when we do things like with that's crazy. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Breathing apparatus, which is the mask oh, and, the, and, the, and the tank. That's, that's like skin diving. Yeah, well, some people can't do it, just like scuba diving. Some yeah. people put the, put it on and realise, not for me, yeah. it's wow. it's too much. And it is the first time you put it on and use it, it is mm. kind of intimidating, much like scuba diving, because you're going, I'm using this thing now to breathe. Yeah. What if it goes I'm wrong? Dependent I'm dependent on this, on this yeah. piece I'm of technology. I'm so glad you made us do that, Helen, because that is not a comfortable experience. No. And that is a tiny mask, and we're talking about layers of uniform yeah. heat. Wow, there's and that's also, full on. and you extend that to people trying to protect themselves from this virus, just yeah. wearing these things, and then you're supposed to wear goggles as well for the virus now because they're really? saying oh, it's it gets coming in the eye. eye. Oh, you're ba- we're basically committing to be spacemen yeah. walking down the street. It's kind of crazy. Or you can just move down the peninsula. Mm. Yeah, well, there's no <laughs> virus. Or just buy a ticket to Mars and go <laughs> to Mars. <laughs> wow. So, confronting the fires as you have, and then. The panic around coronavirus. How do you feel about those two contrasts? It's really it's interesting because I've I've only I was just before I got here reading an article about what's happening in Italy now, where they've shut down the Venice um, nice. festival. Yeah. Uh, they're shutting down all the fashion festivals in Milan, etc. Because of coronavirus, virus. they've ah. actually they've actually now got a couple of towns that they've isolated, and you can't get in, you can't. So get has out. it got to Italy? I yeah, thought it was pretty yeah. much China no, and no, mostly just, Asia. Yeah. So, ah. wow. And I guess I started to take it a lot more seriously now. Like up until a week or so ago, I was like, "Look, it's happening and yeah. it's real, but calm down." Yeah. Like it's, I mean, be cautious, but. You know, yeah. don't but now crazy. you feel it's a bit more. Now, it's, now I'm like, oh wow, this is actually, yeah, this is a really serious problem. Although, having said that, CSIRO came out last week. I think they're producing um, the first trial vaccine at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I that's that right. Too. So yeah, miracles yeah. happen. Yeah, 
Oh, that was an amazing story. They're talking about how this protein clamps onto this protein. It's, it's, really? Oh, it's, yeah. Science is cool. Great stuff for yeah. a book. <laughs> yeah. So, Kate, if your yes. lead character ever wears a mask. Yeah, now I know what yeah. it feels And I was like. thinking, that red dust, we've still got that. Yeah, so have I. It's on my driveway. And that's a great yeah. metaphor. Yeah, that's true, the red dust. dust. Yeah. For fear. It's, it's so hard to get out. I can't get it out yeah, of the Yeah, it's deck. so true. Yeah. And I feel like... Um, one memory I have jumping, which you both know, to my story of my when my marriage broke down and I was at my most vulnerable in my new house that I was scared of, the responsibility of like, ah, I have a mortgage by myself. The wind kept teasing me when I was very anxious. I'm just trying to say like when you're already anxious, if the outside world's reflecting strange mm. activity, it makes you think, oh my God, I'm losing it. Mm. So I remember a few windy nights in that first period as a newly separated woman just so scared because the house was blowing and the wind was crazy and it feels like everything's echoing what you're feeling outside it's terrifying so imagine for people who were already anxious to to smell that smoke or to see the red dust or the strange skies would be terrifying it'd be be triggering it would be wouldn't it and that can be a good device in a novel too that if you're feeling scared and then you open the window and everything looks weird and creepy you think oh my god the world's ending <laughs> that, that, that's also the thing you know when you talk about going to the big bushfires in particular mm. um they are quite in, in the true sense of the word awe-inspiring because you are overwhelmed by this thing this is nature just saying mm. you're, you're, a you're, tiny... a, you're a tiny little insignificant thing and i'm going to do as i please and that's um that kind of humbling experience there's something quite interesting about that as well we you, you know you really get put back in your place in the world that, you know, we think we're the apex predator and run the show. Nature has other ideas. I've read that the flames are five times higher than the trees or the houses. I can be, yep, yep. That's just, oh. Yeah, and things like, it's been so dry that you had um, fireballs shooting across paddocks and things because of all of the preheated gases coming off those fuels and lighting up. And it's the the behaviour, there was the the really weird thing is we, we were watching fire behaviour that, Fires aren't meant to behave this way. You know, it was doing things that mm. you know, the textbooks Weren't say it's going to behave like cyclones this. Cyclones or something, or hurricanes. There's that was more. You know, we're watching. So normally, normally fire goes uphill faster and downhill That's slower. Right. Okay. Yeah, that. We're watching it. You know, go downhill faster. Mm. Like things that it just shouldn't do. That's scary. Yeah, because it was so abnormally dry okay. and hot. Mm. That's full on. And it's yeah, as, as they've been telling us, it's um this is what our reality now is. Mm. We can expect these kind of seasons more regularly. Mm. Yeah, well that's, that's full on. Look, we're, I'm keeping an eye on the time. We are coming to sort of the last sort of point, but I thought it might be good just for our listeners to hear. Just Could you tell us a little bit about your relationship with writing and what you're doing at the moment? Because yeah. I think it would be yep. good for yeah. our listeners to, to hear, hear this different yeah. sort yeah. of world you're in. Yeah. I've always been a writer. As a kid, I used to write. So, you know, classic used to write all the time. Yeah. Um, as an adult, I craftily avoided writing for literally a few decades. Mm-hmm. Always wanted to be a writer. Yeah. Avoided doing it. Okay. I'll do it when the time's right, when this is right, when that's right, etc. I reached a point where um, I ended up uh, going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And then a year or so later, some other things had gone on. And I, I, I literally sat in my car. And this is when you talk about sense memory and stuff. I sat in my mm. car in Sorrento in a car park and had my first and only ever panic attack. Mm. And I'm going, what? You know, when, once I realized I wasn't dying, because, of course, you have a, a proper panic attack, mm. you think you're dying. Mm. Uh, I calmed down and I, and I just went, you know, 
so much of this and what's just happened now is tied into the fact that I'm not doing what it is that I love and want mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I turned my life upside down mm-hmm. and started pursuing screenwriting and haven't been happier. And update us, what has that looked like since that moment? How, how have you progressed with the screenwriting? How's it been? And It's, um, it's like any writing, it's a slog. Yeah. Um, it's, so I've, gotten, I've just finished my fourth feature script literally last week uh, put it finish a draft off i've done two or three trips to la i'm going back to la in may to meet with representatives and production companies etc um look it's a, it's a long i haven't sold anything didn't you win an award oh, i picked up the, a... sort of that first script about the firefighters uh did really well in the nickel fellowship which is a really big competition okay and the next one did really well at austin which is known as the writers um, mm. festival mm. so that's cool. That was encouraging. That was the thing that made me go, you're not a complete fool. Like, you, you can do this. You still need to work your craft. But, yeah. you know, it's... You're in the ballpark. You're in the ballpark. Yeah. yeah. Good way of putting it. Mm. And I think you have a unique point of advantage in all of this experience that you've had mm. fighting fires. And well, that vantage point, you're as you say, you're accessing these unique and strange and scary yeah. Definitely. things that I think people I don't... Take that yeah. to Hollywood yeah. and, you know, not many people writers have got that in their pocket you know, it's interesting too experience. because I, I, I sort of felt at the mm. time when I started writing I thought oh should I have done this you know a decade or two decades ago I've, mm. I've waited too long I've left yep. it too late but the reality is I couldn't write what I'm writing now a decade ago mm. I didn't yeah. have it in me so yeah the, the, you know the firefighting all of life and things experience. like divorce and yeah. Yeah. grief and, and, and loss bring yeah. in these young female firefighters that would be yeah, terrific that's true. that would, would be a cool that. character yeah it's... because we all think oh firemen you know Correct. the black my yeah. dog and the guys yes but it's not true and that's no. inspiring for women because it 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 when you said that i got excited to think yay yeah. these young go-getting women getting yeah. into that world yeah. so take that, that would be a cool character too, please on our behalf yes thank you <laughs> we humbly request as our first and only male guest you now have the responsibility to do that you have to represent all males in the interview I now have to carry our dreams and hopes thank you that would be great Exactly. And we never quite got to how your week has been. What's been, where are you at right now? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. We got too excited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah. Finished, uh, finished a draft of a script last week that I'm That's cool. really how happy with. How long is that? How many minutes? Uh, it'll be, it'll, it's, uh, it's sitting at 100 pages. So, it'd be about 100 minutes. Okay. That's yeah. right. I have a thing. I don't like anything over 90 minutes. Yeah. So, it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be sitting around 100. Um, yeah. it's, <laughs> that's good. And they'll cut it. Yeah. <laughs> shave up those 10 minutes please. yeah it's um and i'm about to go into a, a month of consultancy with that so there's a development executive in la that i'll be working with oh that's good on that script that's good they'll be giving me notes and feedback and i'll punch that up and then take that over with me do you, you have an agent no that's the next step I yeah guess. that's right and that's what yeah. i'm looking for at the moment is trying to get a manager and an agent yeah and yeah. you're going back in may going back in may great um to build on it's it is a relationship business. Yeah. Okay. So I've started building some very good relationships there. So okay. we go back to see those people, bring them up to date on the latest work, meet mm. new people, okay. um, and it's, they they're happy to work with people from wherever. But it also helps them to see that you're serious. Yeah, you're you know, committed. That you're committed. Mm. And I just just talking to you today, I see all these visuals. You know, of the very successful Netflix things we're watching that have funky strong women in them. Yeah. You've got fires. You've it's, it sounds very sexy. Yes, and it's, it's high stakes. 
Yeah, and they love Australians yeah. in America. Yeah, and so strange. Uni- I love those strange, unique moments of seeing weird things you'd never normally see. I think that's cool. Yeah, that whole those that, that sort of behind the scenes yeah. thing. Yeah, like, that's, you know, no that's yeah. jewel. Because yeah. you're right. Jewel because we don't imagine that. No. Like an average person just cannot. And then put owning themselves. up to those very hard moments of breakdown too. You know, and that's panic attacks. Exactly, yeah, all that it. stuff. Especially from a man, I'd love to read a man's perspective yeah. of a panic attack. For yes. example, mm. I'd love to know what that feels. I mean, I've had anxiety too, but I haven't heard men talk about it. They're dreadful. There you go. That's I know. <laughs> well, but, I end up, you know, <laughs> go deeper, <laughs> as you tell me, Paul. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and it was. It, it, it was. It's, well, I laughed about you know, when I talked about the cat because. Yeah. I also knew, even in the midst of having this panic attack and that I was you know, yeah. wanting to pursue writing, I knew that as a writer, oh, I'm going to use this. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so you should. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But look, mm. I don't think you should feel bad about it. It's sharing your humanity. It's actually yeah. a very mm. generous thing. Absolutely. And it, from the cave times, it's been how we've made sense of everything is through storytelling. And if you can make sense of a male panic mm. attack that doesn't end in suicide, you're going to help. I think so. Dozens, I think that would be not thousands powerful. of men. I do think it, I think it's really important for men to talk about that. So they and say. To, yeah, Agreed. and to talk yeah. about uh, mental health issues in terms of going. Again, this mm. is a normal part of living. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with yeah, you. Yeah, you don't have to be emotion yeah. proof. You don't have to be Superman. No, and you're not. And you're not broken. No, you're just having a rough patch. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Okay, so for the end, of, usually this is at what we call our clinic. Helen will often give me advice or, or as, you know, a summary. Is there anything, Helen, that you feel that Paul and I need in terms of a diagnosis for this conversation? Well, I was going to go back to something very basic, which we can talk about sure. another time. But mm. I think because it's been such a great session, I'll just end <laughs> this with thing, this quote, this wonderful quote. There are three rules to writing a novel and it probably applies to scripts as well Mm. three rules Mm -hmm. unfortunately no one has discovered them (laughs) (laughs) I was so like waiting then (laughs) classic sucked in (laughs) that's good and that does apply to scripts (laughs) (laughs) I think the diagnosis is keep going basically yes exactly now just to wrap it up we do a quick little um we touch base with social media because, as you know, that's my that's my day job. So a quick little update. At first, I feel like you're going to roll your eyes, Paul, but it's about <laughs> hashtags. And you, I know you both don't like hashtags in various ways. <laughs> I find them impossible. Well, there you go. But I've got a quick update about hashtags um, because all around this time of the year, like at the end of the year and the start of the year, there's all these things like what matters in 2020 for social. I just want to um, perhaps inspire you a little bit as you're writing because – the message is basically with Instagram, which as we both know, we all know, is like a, still a pretty key platform, particularly for brand. And for writers, Instagram is actually incredibly powerful. There's a community of writers on Instagram, and if you use hashtags, you can connect with them. So even as you're talking about this very niche scriptwriter world, they probably are niche hashtags that, that include those people. So it is worth figuring it out. So I just wanted to sort of end on this latest stat that if you do a post with a hashtag on Instagram, it's actually 12% more likely to get engagement. So it does matter. So straight away, the minute you add a hashtag, you're exposing your content to more people. Um, And I think one thing that's sort of relevant here is like, if you think of these community hashtags, so it's things like am writing, am writing fiction, script writer, script writing, 
script development. Those hashtags. Firefighters who write. Firefighters who write. That's super niche. niche. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly it. And the 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 advice at the moment is go niche. Find it. Find your little community because they're on there. So it might be in for someone like you, you're you could use hashtags like Mornington Peninsula, Rye, writers, Mornington Peninsula writers. So get niche, CFA, CFA volunteers. So all those worlds that you're in exist online and hashtags can help define them. So I know hashtags kind of annoy people and they're bothersome, but if you think about it, they re, they literally are a way to organize and categorize content. So if you start getting niche, um, you could you could connect with people and just expose also yourself online by what you're doing. So well, that's my the, little takeaway. The biggest value you said there also is the idea of community. Community, because, exactly. You know, we all know that you're sitting there staring at a screen. Correct. How many hours on your own. Yeah, and we can all get a bit eye rolly, but things like we've talked about social days, like World Book Days coming up, or people who do Nano Remo, however you pronounce that. Um, if you're doing a writing challenge, use the hashtag for it. You might find some people taking that same sort of um, challenge with you so don't forget about hashtags i know they're not as sexy as firefighters but you know they're still important or hashtag cakes on a plate that nobody has touched we haven't yet but we will as soon as we wrap up but um (laughs) yes but thank you so much paul that's actually really interesting hearing those little insights and and that lovely mix of writing and life and and we've got listeners all over the world and they they would just love the story because people saying australia is the canary and the rest of the world's going to go up you know and this is where You've got to write about it for yeah. us. Yeah, and I think, yeah. we, and you're right. We got we people are, are mm. looking at us and going, "Yeah, this is just a canary." And there's a, such an interest in what's happened here, mm. Um, mm. I think, because it was so so staggeringly large. Yeah, and you know what? I've, I'm a Kiwi by birth, but I've fallen in love with Australians all over again because of their resilience through mm. this, their courage, their guts, their determination to rebuild their lives—it's just inspiring. Yeah, it, it's true. It does. It. I think you said it last week. Like these events tend to bring out people's extremes. Yeah. Mm. Um. So like, and I just love that image of you building that team that's just been thrown together in a truck, and you've got to quickly tap into someone, everyone's best characteristics, mm. and go for it, don't yeah. you? Yeah. And and that's that's the um, mm. so that's one thing I didn't mention about. That's the great thing about being in CFA as well is that you are surrounded by people who want to help. And yeah. I think the thing I love about it the most is that we get mm. to, um, we turn up when someone's having one of, if not the worst day of their life yep. and we get to help. And that's a real privilege. Yeah. They'll be very pleased to see you. Yes. I imagine you'd be very welcome. Yeah. Mm. In those moments. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you on behalf of yeah. the community that you protect. Like that's so incredible to think that people like yourself are volunteers. It is really unique in it's Australia. Extraordinary. Yeah, it is. So thank you for all your hard work. And let's hope the rest of the fire season is really chilled out. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. And it's, <laughs> and it's not over. No, I know. It's full on. And best of luck in Hollywood. Thank you. Yeah, I'll keep, keep us posted. posted. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. Paul's in our group, yeah. so you can keep us posted. But thank you. I think that'll. we're perfectly on time. Look, Helen, we've oh. managed to keep it under 45, which is good oh, for a guest. Yes. So thanks again, and we will speak to you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>